our next guest, uh, similar to the two that are set to come up after 8.30 today, uh, is just a, a lifetime of remarkable achievements. Moya Dodds, a former vice-captain of the Matildas, um, a partner at law firm Gilbert & Tobin, has been an advocate for human rights, equality, uh, integrity, taken on FIFA uh, with uh, the, the corruption crisis that uh, has riddled the sports governing body and uh, just recently has been awarded uh, a, the Excellence in Women's Leadership Gong for South Australia. Moya Dodd, good morning to you and welcome to 5AA Breakfast. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Not at all, Moya. Hey, we're thrilled. And, and personally, I haven't gotten to know you a bit during the 2010 uh, World Cup bid in South Africa. I know how long you've been working in this space. You must be, you must be chuffed at, 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 at receiving this award. Yeah, it's a great honour. I mean, and it's great, I think, to see football recognised and to see women in sport recognised. You know, sport is something that all Australians love and we get into, and it's. Uh, I think it's a great lever to uh, to empower women and to show the world that Aussie women and and can really be in there amongst the best. How much have you seen it change in the space of your lifetime, Moya? Because. You know, I'll be totally upfront about it. The history of, of this radio station, particularly with the afternoon show, is sport, 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 which historically has meant men's cricket, SANFL, AFL. And I reckon in the last three years, it's got to the point where some afternoons, it's almost equal time for women's soccer, for how good Sam Kerr, how good are the women's cricketers going, how good are the... AFLW Crows side with their, their back-to-back flags and then Port getting a licence. It, it feels like finally the pennies dropped that, you know, not only is this excellent, but it, 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 it warrants attention. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, it, it, it goes all the way back at least 100 years that women's football was um, incredibly popular in England. Uh, during the First World War, because the men were away and the men and, and the women went into the factories and did those jobs, and they formed factory football teams like the like the men had. They played matches. Um, they were enormously popular. People paid to watch, and uh, then the men came back from war, um, leading into the twenties, which was a great era of um, progress and economic growth. Uh, but unfortunately, at the start of the nineteen twenties. The English FA banned women from um, using the field, so that put a put the brakes onto what was really a rapidly growing sport at the time. I mean, there'd been more than fifty thousand people at a match in 1920, a club match in Liverpool, mm. and it just came sadly to a screeching halt. And that affected things in Australia as well. I mean, there's records of more than ten thousand people being at a women's match at the Gabba in Brisbane. Uh, they had North versus South Brisbane, and uh, you know it was a special game. More than ten thousand people there. That was in 1921. But um, sadly, we then went for you know decades where our grandparents and our parents grew up not seeing women's sport as uh, as the norm or as a viable um, mm. thing to play or to watch even. So naturally, that didn't come through in the media either. I mean, I can from my childhood in Adelaide, I can only remember a handful of women athletes, and none of them were team sports. They were like Raylene Boyle, Shane Gould, Yvonne Goolagong. Um, Probably Glynis Nunn in 84. Yeah, there was, there was, had mm. to be like yeah. an Olympic-type thing, didn't it? Yeah, but but not team sports, because, you know, the economics is a bit more challenging in, in team sports. 
um, and it just wasn't covered. It, it wasn't anywhere in the media. Yeah. Um, if, so, you know, times are changing for sure, and if, it's a great thing. Is the sum of that then more, and I think this is an interesting point that I've not heard anyone make before, that maybe we shouldn't be surprised about the, the, the prominence the women's sport's getting. And I think the, the FIFA Women's World Cup in Australia later this year is going to blow people away with how massive an event this is. I just don't think the majority of Australians are aware how huge this event is globally. Um, but but it sounds like that the point you're most making is that it's been the last 50 years that are the outlier, and this is almost a return to normal service, or what would have been expected as the natural progression of things. Yeah, it's interesting to wonder what the world might have been like had those bands not been put mm. in place, because um, our, the generations above us would have grown up with with sports women making their way on the field into the public arena, um, and that probably would have spread to business and politics and and everywhere else. I mean, I think we'd be living in a different world if if that hadn't happened. But nonetheless, we've got the one that we've got, and it's it's good to see that finally the the blinkers are coming off. I think you know I see the U.S. women's national team especially being at the forefront of that movement when they're like, well. Why not? Why not equal pay? Mm. And, you know, even 10 years ago, if you said that, you'd be laughed at in in in, in sport uh, because men's sport was so much bigger and it's like, oh, you don't bring the same crowds, you don't get the same TV, um, the sponsors aren't interested. Well, you know, when when you put something on with the same... Have a look at the Euro, the women's Euros at Wembley. There were, you know, 87,000 people there at the final. Um, zero crowd problems, a fabulous atmosphere. Um, that was a bigger crowd than had been at the men's Euro final the year before, where they had all sorts of trouble. And I, I, I don't think people had as good a time, to be honest. Mm. So, you know, I, I think once we get this idea out of our head that it's somehow second best because it's being played by women, once we can break free of that, uh, a lot of people are finding that they enjoy it. And, um, and, and you know the fan culture. I think especially you'll see this. You'll see this in Adelaide during the World Cup. I think the fan culture in women's sports really special. Um, you know that there's a real sense of purpose, and uh, that you know it's a triumph um, for women's empowerment to have made all this progress, and it's a celebration of that. Sometimes, regardless of the scoreline, mm. you know. I mean, mm. of course, people want to win, but. If you don't win, it's, it can still be a celebration of um, everything, of the, of the occasion and everything that you're seeing. So it's got a really nice atmosphere and uh, I'm sure that Adelaideans are going to fall in love with it when when, it, when the World Cup comes around. Absolutely. Moya Dodd, so great to have you on the show. Uh, nice to uh, be talking to you again after so long. Winner of the Australian Awards for Excellence in Women's Leadership. Good stuff. David Pemberthy and Will Goodings, 6 to 9, 5AA Breakfast.